Welcome to episode number 267, Justice Served. This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee Velez. I'm here with Goose, Gabe, and David. Justice served. In this episode, we have special guest David Justice. We cover topics that range from urban farming, real estate, being an author, fatherhood, COVID-19, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Anthony Robbins and Walt Disney. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure. Kicking things off. David, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. I know I'm late, so no, no, you guys no, it's are all ready. good. Thank you for joining us, man. We definitely appreciate it. All right, so let's jump right in. So, for those of us who do not know who you are and what you do, let us know. I tend to ramble, so I'm gonna. This is gonna be impressive for me. I'm gonna try to summarize. Anybody know me? I'm David Justice. I'm from Wilmington, Delaware. Um, it's not New York, big, but you know, city living. Absolutely. Um, but then I, I was in the military for a couple of years. Um, and when I got out, I decided to take on a journey as, of entrepreneurship. So I love I it. Nice. I love it. Well, thank you for your service. Um, wh- uh, what branch of the military? Army, active awesome. duty. I was a uh, field artillery. So the guys that shot the cannons. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. How was your experience? I got messed up ears now. So yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But, but no, it was awesome. It was awesome. Good time. Yeah, Good yeah, time. yeah. Well, again, thank you for your service, man. We appreciate that. Um, all right, so so how did you get started in real estate industry? You know, how does that come about? You said you you know you went from military to becoming an entrepreneur. You know, run us through that process. Yeah, so uh, when I got out of the military, we'll, we'll start how I got into I, I guess sales. Okay, was well, you realize a lot of people think I'm this gun ho, I'm I'm disciplined, I'm smart. You know, I have experience. Everybody wants to hire a veteran. Yeah. You still need experience. Mm. Yeah. So unless, you know, you're in tech, you know, you're a computer programmer, you're probably not going to get that engineering job. Yeah. So that's what I learned out was I was kind of wondering, like, how does shooting cannons help, you know, with a real world job? Translate. So, yeah. yeah. So which there really isn't a direct. Right. So I got I, I got into car sales. I went to a couple of weeks where I was just like real depressed, not really working. Yeah. Um, and a guy that pretty much long story short was a drug dealer in Cali. And Canada, where I was, Alaska. We can get to that. Yeah, um, Alaska. Yeah. How did we get to Alaska? Man? Wow. We had this whole conversation about New Jersey. And all of a sudden, he's in Alaska. That's wow. where my last duty station was. Okay, 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 so okay, okay. I figured if a guy who used to sell drugs, you know, crack, cocaine, whatever it was, could get a, a job here, I could. You know, I was a vet. I was like, so, yeah. I, and I, I applied everywhere in town. Yeah, and I just striked out and i actually got mercedes for my first time i just got lucky wow um so i started selling high luxury cars as my first like real sales job yeah and i got to deal with like people that had money people that were in business even if it was young people just people that really cared about finances and stuff yeah and i it wasn't as many clients yeah but i really got to connect with people on a personal level and i some people hate sales i loved it yeah i'm a i'm a people person i love talking to people i'm not a salesperson that is going to call you a billion times i just <laughs> yeah. love people yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and it's a perfect industry for me to talk to people yeah so that's kind of i got the taste of sales um the general manager there for was there for like 20 years and he randomly wow. left for real estate. Wow. And I was wonder why it must've been good. Cause he was making money. Yeah. Um, and my wife always thought I'd be good at. It. So when, fast forward, when we moved back to New Jersey to be closer with family, yeah. um, cause I'm from the East coast. My wife's from the West coast. Oh wow. Okay. Um, I was in car sales again for about a year. Okay. Had a fallout with my manager. I felt very undervalued. Um, Got in a not I wanna say altercation, argument. Yeah. Um, I felt really disrespected. Yeah. I was out of fifteen guys, number one, number two every month. The yeah. owners loved me. Yeah. I talked to everybody, yes sir, you know. So I, I didn't feel like it was kinda out of place. Yeah. And I just was just it was a random day. I my wife was asking me to quit for months. I just was like just I had it I just had enough at that point and wow. I had a deal, guy at my desk and I told my guy, Hey, you want a free deal? Gave it to him, I walked out. Wow. And um I had, you know, 
I didn't know COVID was going to hit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I pretty much was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm married. I got to, you know, go. I'm not taking a couple months to get my license. Yeah. So I took a two-week course, and that's how I, I got in. Um, long story short, everybody got furloughed like a week later. So it was yeah. like perfect timing. Wow. <laughs> wow. But, yeah, that's how I got into real estate. Wow. That's, that's crazy. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, so did you ever find out from that GM as to why he left uh, the car sales and went to real estate? Why his his personal story? Well, he was in it for like years. Like I'm talking 20 plus years. Okay, so just, when he went full time. Yeah, he. Gotcha. so he what happened was he went from like sales to like lot poor. He did everything. He gotcha. was at Alaska has one Mercedes dealership. There's one town wow. in Anchorage. It's like any normal town. That's where I was. It's, yeah. They have malls and stuff like that. Yeah. But that's where you go to get a, deal, a, get a car. Okay. There's only one Mercedes for the whole state of Alaska. Wow. And he was there for years. So everybody knew him. Hmm. And I think he just wanted, I don't know if he wanted to change. He also, I, don't, I can't remember if he was getting married or if he was married. But I, I think he just was ready for something new. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, so. I was always curious why he left, and that's when I started investigating. I always have like that 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 respect for like that bold, that person does that bold leap like that. Of course, you know people do it with you know plans and have you know have you know um, a better gesture than just like walk totally walking away. But I was literally just talking to somebody today um, that had a, I guess he was an attorney, had a great job, had everything. But she's like he was just tired of like, that gosh. industry. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> like totally fed up. Um, and started his own uh, brewery. Wow. And is like the number one brewery in Connecticut in the past year. He's, it's only like a year and a half old. And he sold the most, you know, whatever, out of kegs or barrels, whatever they're called, um, over like the top dogs who've been established for 20 plus years. That's weird that a lot of those <laughs> stories, it's always very random where they get yeah. to. It'd be like a lawyer <laughs> yeah. and then they end up being like a farmer or yeah, something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what? Um, <laughs> Yeah, but anyway, that, that's cool. Um, all right, so so you said that your wife had mentioned that you'd be really good in real estate. Was it because you're a people person? Did you Obviously, you're already in sales, and you just, is this like a leg up from you know car sales? Like, what's the difference um, for you? I, obviously, we know the clear differences, but. Yeah, I wouldn't. I never try to undermine some, somebody. Might, you can make six figures in car sales. If of you're course. Good, but you work five six days when i was in alaska we didn't have sundays off in jersey the dealerships don't stay open so i yeah. had sunday off okay but i mean it, it just depends as far as scheduling real estate i definitely think you won't make money if you're not working so i shouldn't say you, you work whenever you want to yeah. but i make my schedule if i want to be busy i'll be busy if i don't want to be busy i won't be busy gotcha so i think as a family man i like real estate better as yeah. far as money it the there, car sales has a cap, I would say. Yeah. There's a limitation to how much money to extent. You might make over six figures, but there's going to come to a point where you got to stop. Yeah. Versus real estate, there's not really a cap. Yeah. There's people that sell one house a year just to go on vacation and they have another job. Yeah. And there's other people that, they, there's million dollar listing, like people make millions of, of dollars selling real estate. So yeah. I, I personally like real estate. I, it was a step up for me. Okay. Got it. Um, as far as why my wife, I don't know why. At the time, I wasn't really thinking it. I think, again, I connect with people. Yeah. And that allows me to sell really well. Yeah. Um, I've learned in sales, it's not about pushing, you know, not like rising wireless sell where you come in, I'm trying to push this phone on you. Yeah. Um, I like sales where it's about connecting with people. And as yeah. you learn more people, I can recommend which might be better for you. And gotcha. I guide you through it. Um, people don't want to be sold. People want somebody to help them buy what they already want to buy. I love it, and that—that's what I like. That's why I think I personally, you know, I'm not really pushy. Yeah. So, so um, did did you have any real estate influences? Do you watch any of the shows? Is there any people in your life, mentors, anything like that that you can go to, or is it just kind of like you picked it up and you're just riding with it? Um, real estate isn't something. I'm not going to go down the education line. They don't teach you anything. I yeah. think I was taught a lot of stuff about money. Yeah. But I don't think. I'm 24. I don't know. In my generation, people weren't talking about real estate in school. Yeah. Like, just wasn't something they talked about. Yeah. Um, so, I don't really... Ha- I didn't have any influences growing up. Yeah. My parents owned my... They rent out my previous... Uh, I guess, what I grew up, that house, they rented out. But okay. even that, I wouldn't say that was an influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, nothing really encouraged me to get in, necessarily. I just thought it was a step up. Like, I yeah. figured cars... It's a big purchase, but it's not like the biggest purchase. Some people go all their life without a car. I figured the house is going to be most people's biggest investment. Yeah. And I wanted to help people with that. That's why I got in. 
Um, currently now I have one mentor. His name's Louis Ortiz is on my company. Um, he's another young guy. He's like a year or two more in the business than me. Okay. So we connect really well. Yeah. Um, so that's like currently whom I would say my mentor is, but yeah. I, I like millionaire listing. Everybody likes to see the millionaire houses that you wish you'll have. Of course. And, um, I grew up watching HGTV. My wife, uh, my, my mother loves interior designing. So I grew oh, up cool. on house hunters. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Flipper, <laughs> all those shows. I yeah, watch yeah. all of them. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's cool. So what has the last year or so look like right through, you know, still COVID-19 is still here, you know? Um, and this is pretty much all you know when it comes to real estate, right? Yeah. This is the environment you just you started. I started in, so, uh, yeah. March 2020, 2020, whatever, co- you know. Yeah, the, 2020, the, yeah. Yeah. Crazy, yeah. So, so what, what's, is it, so it's, you don't really have much to compare it to, but how has it been for the last year and a half? Um, for real estate, the market in a sense, or as yeah. a me per Okay, so as a market, it's definitely hot, but still, it's, I wouldn't say it's slow. It's slowed down. COVID yes. is a different market. Yeah. So, again, like you said, I can't speak on before COVID because I got indoor COVID. Correct. Um, I can only speak on what my mentors tell me. Yeah. Um, but as far as COVID, when it when I got in, because it, it was a delay. I tried in March because all the government agencies were shut down. I finished school in two weeks. I couldn't take my test for two months. Wow. Mm. I, I just had to remember that information for like two months i just studied as soon as that first my test got rescheduled three times wow um, when i got in it was hot it was summertime COVID just hit interest rates were like two six two seven something crazy um so it was perfect time i got my license on thursday i my first client we were looking at houses on saturday wow it was, it was very quick yeah what i in that market you were having i always tell my buyers even if you want to deal, this is not really that market. Yeah. Depending on what you're looking for. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the most gorgeous house on the block. It doesn't have sure. to be a flip. But if it's generally a respectable house that somebody would want to move into, just know that three or four other people at least want that house too. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I tell people. And the, the reason that it's hot is because there's less people selling. Because they don't know if they're going to be able to get a house. They don't know if they're going to be able to land a house. They're all free to accept it. And then two, interest rates are really low. Yeah. People don't understand the... the just a half point could save you a lot of money on your loan. Yeah. So when you go from a 3.2 that's really low to like 2.8, that allows you to not only save money, also buy more house than you were going to be before. You know, instead of getting a, I don't know how big of a gap, but you know, whether you're going to get 250000 a house, you might be able to get a 260, 270, you know, yeah. which opens a lot more doors for you. Of course. So we're still in that. It's still very low, but the interest rates are starting to go slowly back up. So I've noticed open houses aren't having as much traffic as they were. Yeah. Uh, I would say a year ago, I was having lines outside my open house like it was Black Friday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, seriously. <laughs> we've seen them. Yeah. And we have friends and family members who are buying during this time, you mm-hmm. know, to each his own. But I was like, this is, this is, this is very different. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was explain that. Um, but yeah, all right. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's still hot. It's still hard to get a house, but all my buyers find a house. It might not be the first one. Yeah. It might be offer number two or three, but it's it's cooling down a little bit. What has been your biggest lesson uh, the last year with real estate? Um, One, no house is perfect, which I, I'm not buying right now, but I understand, yeah. you know, for most people, they just, I say that, they don't, they say yes, but they don't really get it. Yes. Yeah. Like, no house is perfect. Yeah. You know? Um, I also tell people, you got to be, it's not that you can't get the house you want. You just have to be aggressive. If you want 10, 20 grand, 30 grand under, this is not the market for that. Yeah. But people still have to move. That's why real estate agents, they're still making money because yeah. every month somebody's, uh, you know, leases up. People are moving in and out the state. People have investment properties. A lot of landlords are not happy right now yeah. because they're not getting their money. Yeah. So they're selling their properties. So business is always happening. And that's the biggest thing I've learned as an agent is that I don't have to worry about the market. I need to connect with people. Yeah. And whether it's a hot market or a slow market, as long as I'm talking to people, yeah. somebody's always buying a house every yeah. day. Ricky yeah. Kroof is a guy that I, I like. He's, I would say, a real estate agent influencer. Okay. Um, he, influ- he teaches new agents and stuff like that. Okay. Um, he always says deals happen every day. Yeah. You might not get one every day, but if you work every day, you will, you will find a deal. And yeah. Now, I don't, I don't really stress no more about finding business. I love that. Yeah. Awesome. Um, 
All right, cool. So let, let's switch gears because we got we got a lot to cover today. So, um, all right. So one of the things uh, that we we have sitting in front of me is a book that you wrote, uh, "Learning to Say F It: The Power of Making a Choice." Uh, so let's talk about a little bit how that got started. What made you want to write a book, and and we'll take it from there. So the reason I wrote it, there was two reasons. One was I'm a, type, I'm a resume guy, not for other okay. people, for myself. Okay. I never, there's certain things I want to do and they change. Yeah. But I'm a guy that I don't want to say I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have like a death wish, but yeah. there's just certain things. If I, my wife would tell you, like, I'm always trying to do something. Yeah. Um, so one thing for me was I wasn't a bad writer in school. Yeah. But I was always told that I had great ideas. I just need to learn how to. I don't know if that's the right word. Grand express them? Yeah, express them in the right way mm-hmm. right, right. in literature. So it was more of a task for myself. Yes. Was, can I write a book? I don't care if people buy it or not. Can I write a book? Yeah. The awesome. second thing was I had a lot of people, a lot of my peers from Delaware, Alaska, all over the place asking. I had adults. I had some of my aunts and uncles reach out. You're having a lot of success. What are you doing? Yeah. And I didn't have the answer at that moment. Yeah. So I reevaluated what do I feel like is working over the past couple of years for me. Yeah. And this is where the book came. I love that. That's awesome. I love that. So so how did you start writing it? So is it like you start typing somewhere? Did you just like, all right, one day you woke up, you're inspired, or were you just typing on your phone? Like, how, how did it? How did it even get started? I knew pretty quickly once I like. I mean, like a day or two, like a, like a short sentence of like if I had to just give some my answer. Okay. Um. So the hard part was making it from that line <laughs> right. to a whole book. <laughs> to a whole book. You see, it's not a huge book. I yeah, worked no, to make I, that I, book. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was stretching them sentences out, man. I love it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was. I mean, starting chapter one was pretty easy. Yeah. And then you realize, you know, from writing a book, you're not in college, you're not writing an essay, you're not writing a four no. page, you know, letter, you're mm-hmm. writing, you know, a lot of pages. Mm-hmm. So the first chapter, I wouldn't say it's pretty easy, but it was good. When I got to chapter two, I got kind of stuck. And yeah. it, after chapter two, I didn't start writing again for like months. I started writing wow. in like October. Wow. And I didn't continue again till like April, of like the next year. Oh. I was just kind of a little frustrated. Yeah. Typical project, you know, you yeah. kind of leave it hanging. And I was just like, yeah, I'm not quitter. So I, I went back at it. And after I got to chapter four, it was pretty easy. I finished the rest pretty quickly. But well, it, I feel like for first time author, that's the hard part. It's just like you think you know what you want to say, but, you know, stretching it enough that it doesn't feel like it's stretched, but that you, you know, get everything you need to get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that, like, I got, I want to get my point across, but I can't. Also, you also don't want to be uh, repetitive. Yep. Yeah. Because, um, like, oh man, I got to get this to 50 pages or whatever, but yeah. you also don't want to keep saying the same thing. Well, add filler just to have. Yeah. Words. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because people will pick up on that immediately. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, man, I wrote a very, very short book. Oh, so what, I, was, what was the title? I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, The Motivation Files. Okay. Uh, yeah, so back out. in 2015. Um, it was like a, it was a digital book, but okay. it, it, it came out and I took it. Da- I totally, I totally took it down because I'm like, I did I, for the same exact reason you just <laughs> said, I'm like, I want to have that and say, mm. yes, uh, author, speaker, <laughs> owner of blah, 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 blah. And you're like, dang, you know, um, <laughs> no, that's dope. Though. Yeah. I, I, that's dope. No, I, so, I commend you just for writing that. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. 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 So then I pulled it down, um, only because, in in all honesty, like I was, ma- I I remember making an edit the day it came out. Like I made an edit to the, to, to the uh, to the website it came out on, and mm. I'm like, when the hell am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'm really, and I really wrote this book, but um, I just wanted to step back and kind of reanalyze. And there's a couple projects that we redid, and yeah. I get, m- made it a little bit more thorough, okay. I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually I'm in the process of writing another book. It's not going to be the motivation files or anything like that. It's actually gonna be called blessed. Okay. Um, but, uh, just it's, you're right. Going through that process, you, I, there's nothing you can really describe. You have, to, everyone has to do it for themselves. Yeah. I mean, if that's what, they, if they want to write a book, I'm not saying everyone has to write a book. I'm saying you're not, it's so hard to explain yeah. because it's the laps you got to run in your own mind. Mm. It's you fighting you. It's not, yeah. it's nothing to do with that. Everyone wants you to write the book. Yeah, man, write the book. I support you. It's still, you're the one who has to sit mm. down, develop these thoughts, make them make sense and not have too much filler. <laughs> it was very, I want to say degrading, mentally yeah. tough. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, you're just writing. I've 
written stuff before. Yeah. But um, when you're putting yourself in that mindset of I know what I want to say, I don't. The lesson's not for me. It's for somebody right. else. So then I have to think. Whatever I wanted to say, does this make sense to somebody else? Right. I don't know how many times I've edited, and I guarantee if I go in there again, I would want to do something again. Yes. It's just like, it just, it drove me crazy for like yeah. minutes, you know? Yeah. And then at a certain point, you're just like, this is as good as, <laughs> I got to commit to my deadline. This is as good as it's going to get yeah. right now. Yeah. And that's, that's what ended up happening for me. But I've had good feedback, and I'm waiting for some bad feedback. I feel like not enough people have read it. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's got to not like yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what what what's your favorite chapter? Um, I love the chapter of of fear. Um, and not the one you just said you didn't like to write. No, that was chapter, chapter two. two. That one was tough. But oh, that's okay, why that's I like it fear's because latch. I really looked okay. into it. Um, that one's really about. I feel like a lot of people asked me about how I was having success, and I was yeah. talking about opportunities, and that we have. I we all come from different places. You yeah. might have two opportunities. I might have ten. You yeah. can't. Your opportunities might be different than mine. Yeah. Then, you know, whatever. You might have more resources. But we all, I, even if you're in the middle of nowhere in the trenches, I, I feel like everybody has a certain amount of opportunities in their life. Right? Yeah. And I think the difference between me and different people is that I jump on them fast. And then I also don't let fear hold me back. Mm. Mm. And in, in that chapter, Fear's Latch, I talk about how bad, like how serious fear is. Mm. And that creates a lot of that allows a lot of people to miss opportunities yes because they let that fear restrict them and then i I don't just tell them you know that's a problem i kind of go into like solutions Uh, my main solution is i like to weigh out like what's the worst thing could happen if that bad thing is not worse than the best thing that can happen i'll just say screw it i when i was in military i would i would literally i tell people you don't have to say that i used to literally say it yeah but um just sometimes you just got to make a decision, you know. Sometimes, you know, getting out of your hood is getting that bus ticket. And even though you don't have it, you know, I'm not telling people to get evicted or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you know that you need to go somewhere else. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know something's a good opportunity, but you're just scared. If yeah. it's just fear, don't let that, you know, stop you. So that was probably my favorite chapter. I love that. Um, recently, I was actually, me and Gabe were just having this conversation um, there was an opportunity that I try to act like that came across my um, my desk, and I try to act like I didn't see it. Uh, <laughs> and it's funny because I would have never—I don't know if I would have said fear, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Oh man, uh, am I really acting like I don't see this right now?" It's just staring <laughs> at me, and the, and and the the, the opportunities literally like uh, like if you're sitting at a desk and you're staring at the computer screen, just imagine the monitor is the fear. I mean, I mean, it's the opportunity. It's literally staring me right, and I'm trying to act like I don't see it. I'm like, I'm ignoring you. I'm looking around. Um, and then I was played it a good it one? Off. I played it off. Yeah, no, I played it off, and uh, it was for a speaking engagement. Okay. And so I played it off. And I didn't tell anybody. And I was just like, oh, dude, but I had that, that guilt. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, my gosh, bro. And then another, some, another email came through about it. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, they're saying, man, we filled up all the positions, but two. Is there anyone else? Are you oh. sure you don't want to? I'm like, I didn't just read that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. I, it's lunchtime, I think. Um, and I played it off again. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so mad at myself. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't. I mean, I'm always talking about, you know, same thing, jumping on these opportunities. Bro. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, yo, I was shook. Yeah. I was shook. Yeah. Because the opportunity, was, it was a big opportunity. So I was just like, I was, I shrunk in my seat. And I was yeah. just like, oh, my God, I don't think I'm worthy of that, yeah, though. Yeah. And, then, um, and then I got a nudge from someone saying, did you read that last email? I know that it was like literally for you. Like, can you please look at that email? I'm like, oh, no, I didn't see no email. They, mass, know, they, no, mass, no, they fake mass sent it everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I went in like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what? I mean, if you really need somebody, of course, you know, I'll jump on it, whatever. And that part, like that whole story sounds like a very long time, but it was, it was literally within a day, mm-hmm. that, or two days that that happened. So, and... Which is a very quick time if you think about it. Mm. Um, So a decision was still made, but I try to slow it up when I'm explaining it to Mm. show people like that fast, that could have evaporated. Mm. Actually, I was lucky to get another day Mm. um, because that instant people people were 
it went out to like 35,000 people. Wow. Right? And so, and, and how many people were, were the ones like me mm. who had also that opportunity? Like, no, 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 I'm good. I didn't see it. And then boom, that night they had a conversation with somebody who convinced them to do it. And they went into work or went into the next and day and it was available. already gone. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I don't even know what the heck the point it was, but I did it. Oh, uh, so the whole thing was... It was so much fear. I was talking to myself through everything, everything, everything. And then when it came time to do the performance, do the, the talk, it just like, whew, everything went away. And I just like crushed it, you know? And, um, but after that, I'm like, yo, I can't believe I almost you Literally let that, that quick, you could have missed And it could have, and I'm always jumping on things. I'm the first one to say, yeah, I'll do it because I know it's going to give me experience. I know it's going to, and yeah. for whatever reason, I just crept back. And I know because I had a million other things going on in life. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, if I add this, this is going to, this might, you know, push me over the edge. Um, but I did it and it was worth it and it didn't push me over the edge. It pushed me into to my next level, actually. Yeah. Um, and a crazy confidence now for for that particular mm. item um so so i love that you talk about that have you have has that ever happened to you where you didn't take the opportunity and you regretted it um yeah i would say mainly with real estate also yeah. with okay so we're talking military my dad i always probably said it's like a billion times now yeah i have i always say i have two dads yeah um so my i was raised by my stepdad mm -hmm. he's my father so i call him dad too since i was yeah. like five years old okay my biological father is also my dad but he came back into my life around eighth ninth grade okay my biological father rick was in the military for like 20 21 years infantry wow. type of guy super chill but he also kind of got that hula hula type of yeah. mentality yeah and he always encouraged me to go to the military my uncle was in i believe desert iraq or afghanistan one of those okay um my family's military, police, parole, or banking. Wow. Like one or the other. Yeah. So I w it wasn't scary for me really joining the military. I always was already thinking about it. And I really wanted to be like special forces. Like, yeah. you know, I just got out of college for a year. I was in track. I ran track in college. So I was okay. in great shape. Yeah. You can call me whatever name you want. Yell in my face, spit in my face. It won't matter to me. My dad has already probably done it to me. Yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't really scared. Yeah. No. So. I that was always my goal is to be like a ranger, special forces type of guy. Yeah. And I had that opportunity come my way. Um, I was really good at what we call PT, which is just like, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, like the testing and stuff. Yeah. And I got a war for that, and they gave me the opportunity to go airborne, which if you don't get something in your contract, it usually takes a long time to get it at another unit. Okay. So when I was coming through, I got the opportunity. I was like, screw it. I'm going to do it. My three friends were all down. We were all going to be like, and they... The day of to go down there for medical, they said they're not going to go. Oh, wow. So I had a decision at that point, like, do I want to be with my buddies or, like, we were probably all going to go to different states. I chose to take it. I'm glad I did. But then I did really good in that school. And they said we had a few people miss Ranger School. We need some people to fill the slots. So I went for that one. Yeah. I was in line, and I remembered my buddy was trying to talk to me. He's like, you're crazy, dude. You can't swim. They literally do drown testing. Hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, screw it. I don't care. I'll, I'll learn how to swim when I'm right there, you know? Yeah. And I was like four people behind, and I just walked off. He wow. he convinced me. Wow. And I was, to this hmm. day, I'm pretty pissed off. About yeah. That. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, I still had to go through school and pass it, but nothing yeah. was stopping me back then. I would have, it's not that I can't swim. I just didn't grow up going around lakes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think I would have been fine, but just letting that, you know. A little bit of doubt. I didn't even have doubt that moment. I let somebody else speak their doubt on me mm. and that caused me to miss an opportunity which who knows i could be dead right now so who knows yeah. i don't regret yeah. it necessarily yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it just course. it's always on my heart i'm like yeah i should have did yeah yeah that's tough mm -hmm. um and it would not to relate it to any bit of that but the funny part of what made my decision very solid to take the opportunity was that exact thing i'm like I do, I can, I will not be, I'm not going to live myself if I didn't take this opportunity. Mm, even if yeah. I screwed up, even if I, the thing blows up in, in, yeah. in my face, um, I'm like, at least I could say. You I did it. Yeah. And that, and that was, that's funny that you just said that. Cause that's a driving force. I don't know how healthy that is, but yeah. it was like, it worked for me. Um, all right. So anyway, so let's switch gears. Um, let's talk about, uh, microgreens, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so you uh, you and your family own a, a company called Urban Grown Greens. Mm -hmm. How did this come about? What is it? Give us some more information. 
Yeah, so my wife, everybody loves TikTok apparently now. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she's always like watching trends and stuff. So she, we're always, like I said, my wife is very entrepreneurial too. Yeah. And we're always looking for things. Yeah. Um, when we're always talking about like health related type stuff. So I don't know what she was looking for, but Rome Ranch, she's always showing me TikToks like at the end of the day from work. Yeah. And she showed me and I was just like, what is this? You know, whatever. It was kind of cool. She was like, people could grow this in the house. Let's try it. It's cheap to get in. And, you know, it's tough to get with restaurants, but we could get in easily. Yeah. So we said, oh, I said, okay, I'm in sales. Really don't care about it, to be honest. But she knows that's my thing. I'm yeah. very extroverted. She's introverted. So we yeah. were like, we're going to team together and do it. So it started out just growing one and four just to kind of see what the process was. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this seems like something we could do. And we started and it was, went from like a side hustle to like, that's like the main thing now. So, wow. Um, but microgreens, they are, if you think of cilantro, basil, that's like the most people think of. But mm-hmm. you can get anything. You get carrots, corn, um, radish, all these different types of vegetables. They're small versions of the bigger plants. Gotcha. And cool. usually we'll see, and most people just see them for garnishing, but there's more bigger bigger purposes for them. But if you go to like a fancy restaurant and like mm-hmm. the little green stuff that you never eat on the outside, yeah. it might be microgreens. Um, but juicers use them. Um, they use wheatgrass a lot of times. Yeah. Um, if you go to like a, a Mexican restaurant, there's like cilantro on top of it. Yeah. Um, so there's different applications for them. The main thing health-wise is they're 4 to 40 times more nutrient-dense than the bigger plants. Oh, wow. Because they're smaller, they're closer to the seed, they're really pushing to get everything out of them. Mm. So the, the, the seeds are in the, the, the plant are very nutrient-dense. So if you want vitamin A, D, or C, or something like that, uh, broccoli is really good for cancer, heart disease. So the bigger plant is already good for that. But if you eat this microgreen, and it's just a little bit of it, it's really dense in nutrients. So... You'll see them in, in the health niche, uh, niche. You'll see them in juicers. Um, so we, I wouldn't say we got in it for that. But as we started growing, we really looked into it more. So so, so, what, so what actually is it, though? What, how, does, how does it grow? How are you growing it? Where are you growing it? And what, what, where'd the name come from? Yeah, so we um so we, right now we're actually which is funny we're actually looking in Philly now for a couple of places we're expanding oh, nice. to where it start it's in our house now yeah um but we're expanding to actually where we're getting out the house which is awesome yeah um but you pretty much grow them on grow lights okay so it's indoors so most vegetables awesome. during the winter time like that's it yeah so wherever the local grocery store is has to go to Cali or something like that to get their stuff mm-hmm. we can grow them year round so we grow them with grow lights they're like you can use LED you can use fluorescent or whatever. And then use water, soil. We use organic soil. We use uh, cocoa core. Um, so we try to keep it really nutrient-dense. But yeah. you just put them in trays. You have them on any type of shelving. When you get really fancy, which is our next step, is you can have it on autopilot. So hmm. there's some companies like up in North Jersey that will literally, they, they have investors, like million-dollar investors that can put technology in it where it waters itself, it changes the temperature. Oh, wow. Yeah, so this is going to be the farming in the future. Right yeah. now, most people don't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it really started coming into play like the early 2000s. Most people now are starting to know is the chefs. Okay. And we're now finding a transition where people, like consumer-based, are starting to buy them at the grocery stores and stuff. Hmm. But yeah, we, we grow them indoors on shelves, lighting. Um, they grow in about a week or two. They grow really fast, and oh, wow. we can grow them all year round. Hmm. So, so who who are you trying to re- are you are you trying to reach restaurants with this, or or chefs, or is it everybody? It doesn't really matter. Or just kind of get the word out. So phase one was that's the standard. Usually, is you're going after chefs, okay. restaurants, catering companies, stuff like that, uh, private chefs, and then now what we're seeing is because pandemic hit. All those, I, I know so many urban or farmers like that, that they lost like 100 clients day one because of COVID, because the restaurant shut down. Wow. So a lot of people transitioned literally like this. Like, we got perfect timing because we could learn a lot of that stuff without, I, I didn't build this huge company up with all these restaurants yeah. and I lost them. Yeah. So that's what we're doing now is working on a subscription where people could pay 20, 30 bucks and then they get them delivered to their house every week. Mm. But the problem, the, not the problem, but the difficulty is education. Mm. Like, there's so it's not like just you guys. Like most people don't know what they are. Yeah. yeah so yeah. you have to put a lot of money into advertising and marketing and stuff to educate people in a very quick amount of time what they are. Yeah. Because most of the people, when they smell my, my microgreens, they're like, I'm hooked. Yeah. But if if I can't get them to eat them or taste them, then it's it's really hard. Mm. So 
Um, that's what we're looking to now is where we're going to get it to a subscription base. Okay. Um, and then do restaurants and chefs too as well. So do you have, this is going to sound really like off the wall because, but I, I believe, trust me in the question, it'll make sense. Do you have, um, have you ever encountered Coinbase, which is the, it's a, it's a company that sells, uh, cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. They, so their whole thing, the reason why I'm saying that is because their education, cryptocurrency is relatively new mm. uh, to most people. So kind of the same concept, like not many people know about it. Mm. And their subscription or their uh, product that they have on their website for you to then further invest is these really short, and when I say short, I mean like under 30 seconds, maybe even shorter, uh, clips. And they're describing the particular cryptocurrency. So mm. uh, this cryptocurrency does X, Y, and Z. It has this application, blah, blah, blah. And you take like a little mini quiz. And at the end of it, for them, you're awarded a dollar's worth wow. of... So maybe something like that you can incorporate, you know, you educate mm. yourself on the thing and bang, you get your first week free and, you know, you try something like that. And it's a quick, because you're right, um, People want to be educated, but a lot of times, one, don't want to put in a time or don't have the time, um, or will pay someone to just educate them for gathering all the information for them and basically, you know, helping me digest that. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I really want to get into is video marketing this yeah. next couple of months. Because um, like you said, uh, people definitely, depend. you can't, somebody doesn't want something they don't know about it. Yeah. And then if it's something really new, yeah. that they know, it's one thing if they heard about it and you just got to convince them. Mm-hmm. It's, and you got to tell them how it's different. When it's something they never heard of, that I feel like that's really hard because they're like, why do I need this? I haven't needed this this whole time before. Right. But at the same time, I've, I've heard quotes. You have like six, seven seconds to catch somebody's yeah. attention. So, mm-hmm. you know, video, I feel like, is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe photos, you know, with yeah. a little tag on it. So that's that's really what I want to do this next couple months, too, as well. Yeah. That's cool because we're very we're in a very different market. I mean, mm. we're in a different era of, of things and how you market yourself. I mean, even like the, the as you you mentioned earlier about the TikToks and all this other stuff. Uh, uh, Instagram, you only have well, when it first came out, you only had so many seconds to produce the or the vines mm. was like a oh, five second or yeah, ten seconds. It was like it got even shorter. Yeah. Um, and it's true, you have that much time mm. to influence somebody. Mm. They're either gonna stick with you, and you, you got me. But what's very interesting is, like you just you just made a good point. Why why would I why would I jump into this? If I live my whole life without it, and what I like what uh, Queenbase does is, they're just explaining it, and then they allow you to make the decision. Like, if this is for you, cool. This is what the benefits are, is whatever. And if it's not, we have other things. And it's like they almost don't make you feel bad, mm. and it makes you want to then invest in with them, right? Yeah. It's like, dang, it was like so hang loose that now I feel I, I want to invest with you now. That's, that's literally how I am with all my sales. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna tell you what I do. Yeah. If you need it, come to me. If you don't, cool. And what Coinbase is doing is even better, too. They're also rewarding you. Yes. Yeah. So that reward they don't aspect. even care. I mean, why wouldn't I not invest with you guys? You're giving me the dollar to right. do it. Right. And then you're like, cool, I made a couple cents. I'm going to put more money to it. It's very, it's very yeah. genius. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, no, that's cool. So, so uh, in a very, I guess, you know, under 30 seconds or so, where, where would you want uh, where would you want Urban Grown Greens to go in the next, you know, year or so? Um, I would like, uh, so I would definitely like it to be mainly on the subscription thing instead yeah. of, not instead of the restaurants, but I would like that to be majority because, again, I want to get it to the community. Yeah. Um, but then also I would like to hire local people. Yeah. Um, that's like a main thing right now. It's just us two. I would like to influence somebody else that cares about agriculture but it doesn't know about this this avenue because it does free up a lot of time for some people you know it, you got to go hard for two three days but the other days it's kind of autopilot so somebody yeah. maybe with like a, a baby or something like that or whatever i really think it'd be a good career for somebody so yeah. i think within a year or two couples staff members um and then also mainly direct to consumer i love that um that's cool so when you say uh, subscription. How, how in your mind? How, how would that work? So if, if, if some you pique someone's interest who's listening right now, maybe how would it work if they wanted to have a subscription to uh, microgreens? Yeah. So they would go on our site, go on urbangrowngreens.com, and then they would literally some subscription service like they just create some package, and that's what it. The way I would do it is these are the items we have. There's like right now we have ten. We're gonna have like thirteen varieties. 
wow. within the next week or two. Mm. Um, you just pick the ones that you want, and that will adjust the package or whatever. And then that will be, you'd say you want a weekly or you want a biweekly, and that'll be it. And then all we ask on there is if you don't want any more, just give us a week heads up so we don't grow it. Gotcha. That, but it'll be very simple. Just pick which variety you want. There's pictures and everything like that. And then within a week, it'll be at your doorstep. I love That's it. Awesome. That's cool. Um, all right. So if anyone's interested, how, how can I know you just said the website, but say it again. Or if you have any handles, uh, what are they so they can follow you and get more information? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're interested in Urban Grown, um, we got UrbanGrownGreens.com. Um, that will have all our varieties. It has a whole page on educating you about what microgreens are, what we do, and where we are. Um, we're also on Instagram, the same thing, Urban Grown Greens. So that's where you can find us. I love it. And and the uh, the serial entrepreneurship continues. This guy has a blog. Um, so so explain the Young Merchant blog, um, how that can come about. I know you said that's more of you know kind of like a side hustle, just something that you do to. I'm assuming to keep your your writing uh, together. But you know, explain what that is. You know how folks can get in contact with it. Yeah, absolutely. So the Young Merchant um, for me, like you said, it definitely is. It was it wasn't started that way for writing, but that's yeah. what has kept my motivation. Is yeah, like, I, I like it for stay writing. sharp. But um, I really. I just, I don't know, you guys probably can see how I ramble. I love talking to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, like, learning new things. And a lot of times I felt like a lot of people think that you have to go to college or be, have this long education to learn something new. Mm. Yeah. So what I wanted to do was create something where other entrepreneurs or people that wanted to be entrepreneurs could get insights to, like, very specific tips. Not just general, like, how to grow your social media or something like that. Like, yeah. it would be, like, like, the last one was how to get featured on a podcast. Got it. I literally used what I used to get landed on two or three other podcasts. Yeah. And it's just very short, simple, you know, articles. So that one other side of it is the articles and yeah. the other side is interviews because I just, it's that simple. I just like talking to other entrepreneurs from every specific industry. So I want to talk to somebody that has a hair salon. I want to talk to somebody that has their own car a lot. Um, I have some of my sons going to be talking about their power washing business. Like, I want very specific, like, would I be open for Jay-Z to come on? Sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I also want people to really see real entrepreneurs and see how they started and how they're having success. Mm. So that's where it kind of started. It was uh, me and my wife. We figured um, if two people are doing it, we can get a lot of content out really fast. Yeah. Now it's mainly me, but yeah. that's how we kind of started. That's awesome, man. Um, so, so you actually, you're interviewing people? Mm-hmm. Okay, so is it like a talk show or is it? So it's so the blog itself is an actual like it's that's the like main traditional thing is the yeah. art articles. But then we also have I've, it's only been like six or seven interviews, so that's, okay. that's kind of starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, then we also we've, we've done uh, with a founder of OrXX there in Philly. Oh, so nice. it has a fashion line, uh, cat's creation. There a bakery. Uh, talked to an author. There's a few other people on there, but that I really want specific industries. Nice. Um, la the last one, it just gets uploaded on Wednesday. It'll be a contractor. Oh, nice. So I, I really try to get specific yeah. industries for people that, you know, you know, want to learn how to get in. So writing, writing where, where are you getting your material from when you're writing um, uh, articles? Um, I remember when we first started, kind of like what you said, when you first started, because you don't have anything there's so much to write about. There's so much content to get your hands on. But then after, I guess, you know, time passes, you start slowing down. <laughs> um, the yeah. excitement starts slowing down. Everything, right? And, and just natural. Um, how do you continually find fresh content to, to present? Yeah, so um, a lot of the articles are stuff I want to learn about. My wife nice. did one. It was how to write your kid off on your taxes. I was like... nice. What? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, you can hire your kid. I think they got to be like four years old or something. And as long as they're doing a job that the government feels like it's pretty reasonable, like they can sweep or something, yeah. you can write off like 10, 15 grand. Wow. Huh. So like a lot of the articles were like something we wanted to learn about. We yeah, learned yeah. about it and then I wrote about it. Wow. Um, now what I do, I, I don't know what interview it was, but the lady said she every day she likes to brainstorm at least 10 things. I, th I don't know if it was like YouTube. She was a YouTuber or something like that. So every day, even if she doesn't take one of these things, she's going to write down 10 ideas of inter possible interviews or YouTubes or whatever. And wow. that's why she's always freshly having ideas in her head. I'm not quite there yet, but every other day I, I'm writing down article ideas. 
And then the week goes by, and I'm like, there was 30 ideas right here that I didn't write about. Yeah. But I'm, when I want to write, I have something right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. All right. And so how, how do people get in contact with that? Um, so it's going to be youngmerchant.com. It's going to be very simple. They go on there. There will be the six most recent articles. They can see all of them if they click the articles tab. And if they click interviews, there will be a bunch of cool interviews they can either read the short article on the interview where i summarize it oh nice um and they and i have all the interviews uh information down there or they can click the link and go to the youtube to actually watch the whole video i love it yeah so what uh what platform are you using with the the website like how are you uploading articles uh i just use wix okay you guys got it locked down you guys got all kinds of stuff yeah i'm always interested like i you know learning what's the new edge or what's the same thing like we have a lifestyle brand that it's it's a print on demand that i use but i'm still always open to see what's because systems get improved upon you know yeah. just because i have doesn't mean it's or it's just like your cell phone it's like, yeah that's cool but you know someone else might have something you know that's updated but why yeah. i always like to know why is it yeah. better yeah i'm not offended i just want to know why is it <laughs> yeah. better, you know? and maybe i'll invest in it yeah. um you know with stuff that are pricier it's kind of hard to jump from one thing to another but uh no nah, man that's awesome so so one of the final questions um that i love to ask every uh, every guest it is your motivation. So if you got to think about what your motivation is, why you get up every day uh, and do the things that you do, what, what, what would that answer look like? I feel like certain things change, I guess, motives depending on time. But I feel like I keep falling back to I feel like a lot of people could say, like, I didn't have my dad or yeah. I didn't have a good life or I'm not that smart or whatever. I feel like I grew up a good life. It wasn't perfect. Yeah. I grew up in the city. I wasn't, like, getting robbed every day. But, yeah, yeah people got shot out from my house. Yeah. Yeah. I, my parents weren't rich, but they were good. They had good money. Yeah. I had Christmas every year and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I did homeschool, public school, all that. And I even went to private school once. So I don't ever tell people like i came from the trenches or something yeah, like that yeah, yeah. i feel like i had a good life and i had yeah. a lot of opportunities so i feel like i owe it to the opportunities i had the people around my wife my parents that you know put money and stuff like that yeah to do as best as i possibly can I and it. i just feel like i don't want to leave any stone unturned so I feel that I'm, I'm all out i tell my wife i'm never gonna retire i yeah. might cut things back <laughs> yeah i might legally retire yeah, but yeah i'll yeah. always have some my hands on something yes for always. sure all right, so one of my favorites is fatherhood. So uh, I know you're, uh, from what I understand, I believe a new father. Mm -hmm. What uh, you know? Talk to us about that. What that's like? Has that changed mindset at all? Um, what's your experience? I love being a father. Yeah, me too. And most people probably say I feel like it's kind of easy, which people will probably hate me for saying that, <laughs> and my wife will probably hate me because she's. <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I got it easy. I got it. My wife is a natural-born mother. Um, most guys want a guy. I wanted a girl. Yeah. Um, I just always wanted to have that relationship. Yeah. Um, and I got lucky my first time. That was that. I don't care if it was a boy the first time. Yeah. Um, but that just happened. Yeah. And my daughter gives me joy, and it's nothing like awesome. coming home, and they're just, like, smiling at you like crazy. <laughs> yeah. They rely on you for everything, yeah. and they also make you – they don't do it on purpose, but they make you better. So, yeah. I mean, I they force you to. Yeah, and yeah. I love love my daughter. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, are you gonna get? Are you gonna uh, have more? Or are you yeah. gonna go? Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, my wife once we met, <laughs> we met. She said like a crazy number. She <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she. We both want a big family. I think most people want what they grew up. Yeah, she yeah. She had yeah. six. I had four. Oh wow. Okay. She was the youngest of six. I was the oldest of four. Wow. Okay. So we. I, I was always down for the three or four. Yeah. But we met, she said like eight or something. <laughs> and I was like, we might as well just stop right here. <laughs> so I don't know. Who knows? We, we may never know. But we definitely will have a, a bunch of kids. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. I love family. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so we have a ton of people who listen um, that are on the fence with entrepreneurs because the same thing we have different kinds of entrepreneurs business uh whether it's product or service and they get a ton of advice and one of the the constant things they get is like yeah but i just don't have the guts to do it like i don't have the guts to push forward with my dream so what i like to ask our guests who did push forward and and made those tough decisions um 
and overcame those fears, what's your recommendation to anyone trying to go after their goals or dreams in life? Um, one chapter in my book is called What If. Wow. What happens? So just ask yourself, what if I do this? What is the what could happen? What if I don't do this? And mm. see which one is the better option. I love it. And that will usually make like I make decisions real quick. Yeah. Maybe not in like two minutes. Yeah. But it don't take me long to know if something is something good for me or not. Yeah. So just ask yourself, what if? And if I take this job, what possibly could happen if I leave this house right now? What's I mean, it could be simple stuff. Like, yeah. That will make a lot of decisions a lot easier for you. So I think I might have forgot to ask, how can folks get a copy of the uh, Learning to Say F It book here? It'll be on wrote? The Young Merchant. It's, uh, oh, okay, it's nice. It's on Young Merchant. So if you just, uh, it'll be like online store on the top right, and then click that. It'll be right there. I love it. All right, any final parting words you would like to say? Any topics you'd like to bring up before we close out? Um, tomorrow, everybody listening, just try to say F It for one thing. Could just be changing your hair, wearing a different color shirt. Just try to say it once tomorrow. I love it. All right, so there you have it. We like to wrap things up with quotes. And the first is by Tony Robbins. Every problem is a gift. Without problems, we would not grow. And the second one by Walt Disney. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. Justice Served. In this episode, we have special guest, David Justice. We cover topics that range from urban farming, real estate, being an author, fatherhood, COVID-19, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Anthony Robbins and Walt Disney. Awesome. Guys, thanks again for joining us. The Rotated Views podcast was produced for self-development purposes. Huge shout out to our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. That is BL3SSED.com. Also sponsored by The Motivation Files Unleashed. This motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms. Guys, don't forget to visit the website, JimmyLeeVelez.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rotated Views. If you have any inquiries or questions, email us at info at JimmyLeeVelez.com. On behalf of myself and the rest of the crew, we wish you massive success. Stay blessed.